0: Hi, welcome to Timely Issues, the podcast.
1: Very good morning, very good afternoon, uh, and very good evening. Uh, depending on where you are, or participants, uh, you're very, very welcome. We appreciate your interest and uh, your time, especially that we, oh, I believe, all webinared out in the last couple of weeks and months, because we have had so many, so I appreciate uh, that you chose this one as well. Um, and... Uh, With Irving, we decided to host one because um, health as such uh, has become such a key issue in our lives, uh, and not just for traveling, but also for living, which may sound a little bit ludicrous, but that's what it is because of the uh, COVID-19. And uh, since um, medical tourism and wellness tourism um, have been talked about a lot recently, how Uh, they are developing such great market opportunities here. We thought this is probably time to look into it, how we believe it really, really is going to look like. And certainly, uh, since uh, regulations change day by day, um, travel opportunities change day by day, obviously, we can tell you what uh, um, the best knowledge at this minute or in this moment uh, we can uh, share with you. Uh, Just a couple of Discussion uh, initiating thoughts uh, from my end because we will start with the uh, um, the um, looking at how medical tourism or wellness tourism may look like. Uh, just a very very quick and very brief reminder um, or understanding that. Uh, tourism is an umbrella term and it includes medical tourism as well as wellness tourism. We understand that uh, there are countries where you may have a different terminology but uh, to give uh, common grounds um, I thought it's uh, useful to have uh, this mutual understanding of uh, how we look into this business. So I will be covering the wellness tourism side and Irving will be doing the uh, medical tourism side and we will be happy to answer your questions. Um, The demand in in wellness uh, tourism or in medical tourism also uh, we can look at it from uh, the perspective of is it a voluntary option is it a prescribed option is it or is it necessary option and after the actual uh, situation when we're opening up we need to see how relaxation escapism spirituality love completion or self-image may change in our uh, in our lives that Are we going to look desperately for relaxation? We do want to escape from being locked down for months and weeks. Have we become more spiritual uh, or we decide that, you know what, uh, I want to do something to complete my life as soon as humanly and physically possible. Since I don't know when I'm going to be locked down again, I will miss that opportunity. So I just want to do that uh, activity or visiting that site, uh, even for wellness purpose, as soon as I can physically just uh, can, or I decide that after not being, uh, visiting the hairdresser for th- uh, three months, this is the time to pay more attention to my self image and uh, I do something more about it, uh, including a travel activity. So don't forget the, the uh, prescribed activities uh, after, the, uh, after the opening guard could stay same or even more accelerated because people will be kept from traveling for uh, any kind of necessary or uh, urgent uh, medical condition. At the same time, uh, we might have that uh, all these uh, lovely opportunities like thermal facilities will be further locked down or spas because we don't quite know how to deal with them and manage them and disinfect them. Or uh, in certain countries, they believe that hot water is actually very good because the lovely virus doesn't actually like it too much. In other countries, they say that that's a way higher risk, so we want to close them, uh, keep them closed for months and months and months. Uh, or uh, you might say that I'm interested in um, taking a retreat because I want to retune myself. And uh, also, you might say that uh, I kept from taking treatments for IVF, and I really, really believe that this is the time to uh, get this done, and I want to have it done from the best place because this is the uh, uh, last opportunity. Prescribed activities will, covered, will be covered by um, Irving later. we believe that's going to be uh, influenced by uh, the, the age groups and the various uh, healthcare-related uh, regulatory activities by governments as well as insurance companies. Can you have... Uh, a uh, policy uh, if you are above a certain age, but don't forget on the on the, on the left hand side of this uh, lovely chart you can really see some key trigger points that a voluntary activity might be something that you really want to do very quickly. Depending on where you are and what kind of uh, segmentation you are using, you would re- you will need to be ready to change that, or will be you will be able to look into segmentation in a very different way. Because price may not be an issue anymore or not as much, but will be more important to certain people who lost their jobs. So segmentation, you would need to reconsider. You need to look at all the marketing segmentation recommendations of how many options we have for segmentation. Otherwise, you may want to go back to the old normal and the new normal will be probably so far away from it that you cannot actually provide a necessary answer, even if you have the... Uh, best spa forever. Uh, Talking to spa therapists, and I know that a couple of um, colleagues are here on this call, um, having a treatment provided by a therapist with gloves on, maybe not your uh, perfect idea for a spa treatment. So we need to think of what is going to be realistic, what kind of uh, a nature orientation uh, or treatment orientation will um, actually come up after the opening uh i think uh, any destination planning uh, health related services would need to look at or at least should consider uh this other uh, uh process of thinking because we might find people who are hedonistic and want to do self gifting of uh, actually gifting themselves with wellness wellness oriented trips, wellness-oriented trips. Or people will look for way more healthy options they need to be able to as operator or a service designer or a therapist will be able to you will you will need to be able to describe how it is healthy how many uh, varieties of health we can have how many layers of health we can have and how your treatments and services would need to be enhanced and fine-tuned because of the more specific expectations of the healthy options. Don't forget these people are not health travelers, not health tourists per se, but even a business traveler, even a cultural traveler, even traveler may look for healthier options from gastronomy, uh, room provision, treatments, uh, just on the side, even cultural events they might want to take part in, uh, well-being related cultural traditions and uh, rituals. So invite everyone to reconsider how you are labeling your services, how you're defining your services and try to locate yourself on this grid where you actually belong. And don't um, uh, misunderstand this. There's no good or bad uh, uh, location for your service. It's just you have to find the right one. Um, Also, probably we will be looking into something which is a different way of thinking lifespan and health span, even the World Health Organization started to talk about, don't mention how was your life expectancy, more like look into how many years of your life you can live healthily. I think this uh, uh, COVID-19 really highlighted the importance of that and people will be looking for options and solutions and not just some uh, uh, easy uh, marketing uh, uh, labels, but content and really uh, really content-based uh, service provision here. This is one of my favorite uh, things and uh, I know that service providers, uh, developers, owners, even therapists can go nuts when we discuss these questions because they, they believe it's it's just uh, uh, looking at it in a very different way and that's what I uh, personally like very much. You would really have to make a decision what uh wellness thing you are choosing. Either you can choose the wellness washing, so you now believe that exactly the same services, just because you will call them wellness or wellness improving, will sell. But this is exactly what's been happening, like uh, anything that's green. Or you can go uh, on the whole on the whole road and you say all of my services will be wellnessified, or look at uh, look at my services and value propositions, how I can. Contribute to my guests' wellness in a more complex way, but it's still not de facto uh, a wellness traveler as such. But all of my services are really looked at uh, from that perspective. You might say that, you know what, what people will need is fun and entertainment, and I combine wellness and entertainment, and that's what well entertainment is. And sorry about the, uh, uh, you know, breaking the language, but uh, I think it's a good uh, label here. And yes, we, we do have already uh, opportunities that you can do yoga with goats. And then you might say that this is not proper yoga because that's, you can't take it for seriously. But to certain people, this is the way to in, enlighten and, uh, uh, your, your, even your soul and have some fun at the same time doing some spiritual activity or physical activity. This, you need a lot of creativity to come up with meaningful solutions. I will give you a couple of examples in a minute. Or you want to become a remnant, which is a wellness eminent, which basically is that you want to focus on one domain of wellness, one component of wellness, and you want to do that perfectly. You want to have guests who are interested in spirituality and spirituality in a certain way, and then you gear yourself to meeting the demand of such guests. Not something to everyone, but just certain things, but perfectly to a small group of people. I believe we will see a lot of those happening because uh, people will be very savvy and they will need to think twice when they travel to any destination. And when you can redefine and you become an eminent of your service provision, you will find your uh, guests. And yes, this is uh, gin and tonic uh, yoga. This, this is well attainment. And you can say that this is totally stupid and unnecessary, but uh, to be honest, I would love to have my gin now, not necessarily with, um, uh, with yoga at the same time, but you know, this this is what people, even men can find it attractive. Uh, groups can find it attractive. And yes, you can introduce yoga to to people who wouldn't have done yoga otherwise. Even if those uh, might say, or many people might say that this is total rubbish and you just, uh, uh, you know, McDonald's defying of yoga, still, this is one way to reach a different clientele group, a different segment, and you still can do the yoga activities properly, but bring in some fun. Um, I really would like to see a lot of these fusion things coming up because that, that makes uh, trips different uh, and your destination or your services can be really different from someone else's. And yes, you can copy if, if someone else was doing it already, but you can come up with uh, equally exciting things. and. Uh, This is, to some who don't understand, this is an evidence-based awareness treatment because the lava, uh, the volcanic heat is heating up the lava from under you. And you have an umbrella, you have to spend 15, 20, 30 minutes in that fine lava, uh, uh, granules. Uh, But it's good for your skin, good for detoxification, good for your mood. And you might call it wellness, you might call it uh, entertainment, you might call it a show doesn't matter how you call it, people can and will react to it because you can tell them the story that this is natural, this is uh, uh, giving you certain kind of benefits, and this is very local, you can't have it uh, somewhere else. I really invite all of you uh, um, taking part in this webinar to do sit down and think about opportunities to come up with all these stories which would have evidence, uh, locality, history, and content, which really redefines you and really uh, refers to all the trigger points that a guest of the future will have. Uh, also, and uh, summarizing the uh, the awareness part of this uh, discussion and passing on to Irving in a minute, I believe most of you have heard of UX, which is user experience, because everybody's talking about it. Uh, I would suggest that we need to move on. This is not just a technical service delivery option, not just service design per se. We need to uh, change this to to well-being experience design, not just service design, but understanding how any component of that service, of that journey or the guest journey, can contribute to the well-being of the guest. It's, It's a fascinating task when we do that with partners and clients it's absolutely fascinating to understand how many small items we can incorporate and in the end of the day the guest will say this was the best experience they will not call it wellness or well-being experience but we know that physically mentally psychologically or socially they really benefited from that experience but it's it's a certain a process that we need to uh, perfect and you would need to think about it at least but that's the topic of another little webinar And uh, don't forget that we understand that uh, traveling as such, especially from now onwards, hoping that the uh, airline travel will not be as horrific as uh, the forecasts uh, uh, suggest, but traveling does uh, contribute to your well-being in general. But we, uh, as professionals working in the business, we need to work on that, how that can be, more fine-tune how that can be perfected, and this is why we are running this webinar as well to initiate the discussion, start to talk about it. How after a, maybe a stressful flight, uh, when you spend four hours uh, checking in, and then you're surrounded by, uh, you know, um, on the, the crew on the plane uh, wearing all the space suits and all the rest of it. So by the time you arrive, you think this is a horrific experience. You really uh, experience something from us which is really contributing to your well-being and then you go home and uh, on the way home you have exactly the same side of unpleasantness but you will have great memories and often they say that uh, uh, health tourism is luxury uh, if you ask me it's more like necessary luxury especially from uh, time onwards when we are opening up so um, I, I think that uh, these are some really um, critical issues here in this topic, and I would like to suggest Irving to take on
0: and talk about how the medical components will come in. Irving, floor is yours. Well, thank you, Laszlo. Um, will one of you or both of you acknowledge that you can hear me? <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. So, uh, lovely. So um, all of what Laszlo just reviewed is, of course, um, fundamentally about one side of the market, but also about both sides of the market, that is to say, both the healthcare and the higher acuity sides of the market. Uh, We review these markets, these segments uh, in our in the book we wrote together, but also here in this program, it's important that we all uh, at least understand what our perspectives are. Uh, and that in these markets for both wellness, health, medical, dental services, there is an array of demand that ranges from very low acuity demand in uh, gin and tonic yoga, I suspect, would array on the low end of the market. And then there's very serious needs. There are very serious demands around complex, even life-saving surgical procedures. In these markets, overall, the low acuity high volume types of services array on this side of the uh, market graph, the market range, and the high acuity services are on the low volume, high unit value side of the market array. So this is a general relationship between the demand and the acuity, the demand for Low acuity services is high and the uh, unit value is relatively low. And the demand for complex surgeries, um, cancer treatments, heart valve replacements, these this demand is relatively small, uh, yet it has a very high unit value. Going forward, in, historically and going forward, The factors that are important in the health tourism markets continue to be destination stability. Consumers want to go where they feel comfortable, where the political and economic regime is stable. Uh, Economics is important. They want to make sure consumers want to make sure and um, intermediaries that are referring consumers for complex care that can't be provided in the resident's location. They want to be sure that they are referring consumers to locations where their local currency, their sovereign currency, uh, will go far. So the purchase power parity is important. Equally important is capacity. If there's no room in the inn for Uh, heart surgery or gallbladder surgery or knee replacement surgery, then why send the consumer there? And in the post-COVID period, this issue of capacity is going to be extremely important. We've seen, as we'll review in just a moment, we've seen a complete redirection of national healthcare systems away from elective procedures to availability for COVID-related Uh, treatments and procedures. And what that has meant within the healthcare systems is extraordinarily important. We'll talk about that further in a moment. And of course, reputation, brand, the reputation of both the provider and the reputation of the destination are extremely important to consumers. For the uh, consumers seeking Treatments as Laszlo was describing, that is to say, uh, lava based treatments or treatments that are only available in a specific location, the destination's brand is critical. It's central to how the consumer looks at and considers the brand. Other situations where the services are of a higher acuity, such as medical treatments, the provider destination. Uh, The provider brand, rather, uh, can be very critical. For example, uh, going to Mayo Clinic Uh, in January, uh, if you knew that Mayo Clinic was in the middle of uh, Rochester, Minnesota, you may not want to go there in the middle of January. But because you seek treatment for a complex medical condition, the destination itself, Rochester, Minnesota, becomes less important than the destination of the brand. The next issue is access. And this is going to be really important as the world emerges from this COVID frozen or hibernation uh, state of affairs. Access from one point to another will become extraordinarily important to determine which health tourism routes open up before others. I was just listening today to a press conference uh, by the European Union on the travel and tourism conventions that they're attempting to forge within the Schengen area, within the EU travel areas. These are evolving situations that we'll need to keep close watch on. And we're trying to provide information on our website uh, and other sources to customers and clients and colleagues alike. And then finally, it's price. Price is quite different from purchase power parity. Uh, It comes at the end of the list because as Laszlo suggested, we believe in the post-COVID period that price will become either less important or significantly more important um, in consumers' choice of where to go to consume services. It will become less important where pent-up demand that demand eclipses concerns about price, and that looks like no, oh, I don't care what it costs, I'm just going to go, or um, it just can't wait any longer. I must go, and I'll do anything I need to do reasonably in order to afford that. Price, on the other hand, could become a real obstacle where uh, Millions of people are suddenly out of work. And what we saw in the 2008 2009 Great Recession, uh, which seems like uh, very modest in comparison to today's situation, we saw a, a very significant reduction in healthcare demand as a result of unemployment. So we need to pay attention to which ends of the market we're focused on and how these issues, how this set of issues will play out in those markets one of the first things that's important of course is travel in health tourism and this is a chart that shows uh, commercial and non-commercial airline activity for 2016 forward and as you can see uh, in may in excuse me in march of 2020 health uh, all travel plummeted dramatically and we've seen that continue. Here in my um, adopted hometown of Lisbon, we used to hear jets flying by overhead all the time into and out of the airport, and that has slowed significantly to the point where when we hear an airline passenger plane flying overhead, now it's a surprise. So the re-engagement that we see is going to track with what we believe will be the likely re-engagement of the travel and tourism markets. And it won't be a V. Very famously, there was an economist's report done by the European Commission in 2006 that suggested a recovery from a pandemic uh, would be a V-shaped recovery. Uh, And it won't be a U-shaped scenarios for uh, with various scenarios for, I'm having trouble, let's see if this brings it back on board, okay, with various scenarios as to when the constraint on travel is lifted. And notice that These are absolutes. There's one in July, there's one in September, there's one in December. It's not likely to be any one of those, but a set of these. So we expect the recovery won't be a smooth line, but rather a jagged set of on again, off again, uh, foot on the accelerator, foot on the brake kind of recovery. Now, this gets us back to the point I tried to make at the beginning about healthcare capacity. There are significant numbers of deaths uh, reported from COVID 19, and virtually entire national healthcare systems have been rededicated to the care of persons with COVID 19. And in certain locations, such as Italy, where the acute hospitalized cases have started to decline or to subside, the non urgent uh, capacity is growing. In the private system in many countries where the public systems were devoted or dedicated to COVID, the private systems have been achingly lacking in 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 fulfillment. The supply is available and ready to be utilized. What we need is uh, lessening of the travel restrictions. So the Available capacity is going to be critical. The available perceived safe capacity will be even more critical and that will get us into the brands of certain destinations and the way comparatively that consumers may look at certain destinations and certain providers in the, during the recovery period. Here is a heat map of deaths in Europe relative Uh, from the 5th of May, Uh, and this situation, like since we were talking about gin earlier, I was reminded of Champagne. Uh, This map, in this map, bubbles. smaller bubbles are better, like Champagne. Uh, And in certain locations where the bubbles are very small, the number of deaths is also very small. How will the publicity associated with deaths with hospitalizations. How will the publicity that's tied to a particular location, how will this this affect the willingness of consumers in other locations to seek care or to seek services in those locations? That remains to be seen uh, and will be a very important component of the emergence of the health tourism Markets, And one of the things we're very much going to need, we're going to need better segmentation. Laszlo referred to this earlier, uh, not just demographic segmentation, but careful psychographic segmentation that looks at what the motivations are associated with consumers' uh, willingness or unwillingness to travel and how those factors play in with each other. One of the things that's very clear to me, this situation was the case pre COVID, and I believe it will endure post COVID as well, is that just as the market arrays from low acuity to high acuity, and with low acuity being high volume, uh, low unit value, and high acuity being low uh, volume, high value, in the relationship between and among providers and destinations, the same sort of relationship occurs. Specifically, as I was referencing earlier, the destination of Rochester, Minnesota is significantly less important than the destination Mayo Clinic. Similarly, the uh, Cleveland Clinic, it's, uh, it's a coincidence that it's named after its location, but if people are looking for Cleveland Clinic-level quaternary or tertiary services, the destination of Cleveland itself is less important to their concerns. Similarly, with cancer treatments, MD Anderson, uh, Dana-Farber, the destination itself is less important than the ability of that particular provider to meet the specific needs, oftentimes life-saving needs of that consumer. Whereas on the other end of this scale, where the acuity is low and the uh, the destination importance is probably high, um, I do care if um, my lava treatments are done in a safe and interesting location. Uh, and that relationship will continue to be important. And we'll need to continue to sort it out as we enter the post-COVID period, and evaluate consumers' motivations and inhibitions. So the recovery is an interesting and complex situation. We'll continue to cover it. We'll continue to address it. And as Romilly said at the outset, we'll be having another session in June covering the same things. The linear assumptions that more is better are likely to fall by the wayside. I believe many destinations will Reevaluate this historical linear model. We can have more profitable medical and health tourism with fewer, more carefully selected tourists. And as we've been attempting to say, segmenting will be the key to this uh, recovery scenario. Here in this display showing the relationship between acuity and frequency, we see the segments for high acuity basically uh, uh, basically selfish uh, self-image and even hedonistic related services. we see the demand for that coming back very quickly as well as the pent-up demand for exigent, urgent, high acuity services also coming back very early. So we can look for that and deal with our communications and frankly our consumer management, Uh, our lead management in this this way. The engagement or re-engagement of the health tourism markets we see will be tentative. Consumers will travel locally before they travel outside of their region. They'll go across the region before they go across the country and certainly across the country before they go across borders. And as one of my colleagues reminded me, For countries like Germany, it's going to be a very good summer. So, there'll be a tentative attitude by the consumer toward traveling and toward uh, traveling outside of their region, even if regional restrictions are lifted. So, we'll be dealing for some time with this concept of risk and risk abatement and providing consumers with. Confidence that where they are going is safe. Historically, safety has been what's referred to as a must-be quality of marketing services. And we never really used to refer to safety uh, outright. We would show symbols of safety. So maybe what we're looking for now is a series of symbols to show that a certain destination or a certain provider is safe and observing the strictest hygiene, disinfection, and uh, uh, interpersonal uh, behavioral uh, procedures. I know that uh, certain uh, accrediting agencies like Timos and others are working on certificates. I know that Portugal here, where I live now, is also working on a safe destination certificate, some icons that can be applied to show consumers and give consumers that additional confidence. So fear and risk tolerance would be very interesting to follow in the, uh, in, the, in, the time, in the days ahead. If you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe and be sure to tell your friends and colleagues. Thanks for listening.